Welcome to Dragon at the Movies. Hi, Berto. Hey, Dragon. How are you? I'm good. Welcome <laughs> to Dragon oh, at okay. the Movies. You didn't let me answer your question. Uh, well, if I'm going to be honest, whenever um, I finish talking, I just think to myself, not my turn, not my turn, not my turn, <laughs> not my turn. And then once you stop talking, yep. that's when I start talking again. So. Yeah, that checks out, actually. You know what? I'm not surprised yeah. by that at all, based on our conversations generally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what we do all the time. Well, so. the, fun, the fun part about listening back to this uh, this podcast is I actually hear what you're saying for the first time. <laughs> I, I certainly wasn't listening when you were saying it live. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. It, when I listen back to it, it, when I listen to it, when it comes out on the on iTunes, that's when I listen to it. And then I'm like, wow, the dragon actually made good points. <laughs> <laughs> too bad I didn't I, respond to them at the time. <laughs> too, too bad I just didn't listen. And then I'm like, maybe next time I'll listen. And then I just laugh to myself because I know I won't. Do you think this podcast only works because we don't? We have completely independent conversations from each other. It's not. We haven't once. We haven't once respected what the other person was saying. <laughs> I, that's the only reason why it works. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Okay. Let's get into Dragon, it. Dragon. Yep. How was your week? Uh, it was fine. I. Uh, I, as usual, did a lot of jujitsu. Uh, Saturday, me and Andrew had a date day. This is really mm-hmm. fun. We went into the city and we um, went to uh, the Leslie Lohman Museum, which is like a museum dedicated to LGBTQ art. Um, yeah. So that was really fun. We haven't done like a little museum like that in a long time. And then we went to the Merchants Museum. Um, which is one of those like old timey houses that they've kept period. That's a, now a museum. So you can go and see like all the old timey furniture and stuff, mm-hmm. which is like one of my favorite things to do. And it's in Soho, which is crazy. So it's like one of the oh, original, really? okay. yeah, one of the original, um, uh, residences built, built down there. Um, and it's very fun and it's probably going to get torn down at some point, even though it's a historic landmark because they want to build right next to it. And basically they said that the, the building can't handle like, construction directly next to it it'll just fall apart which makes sense yeah. it was built in like you know the 1850s or whatever or mm-hmm. even before the 1830s maybe um so anyway it was fun i love old-timey houses like that i lo- love have you ever been to old sturbridge village in connecticut mm, no, no um it's it's one of those like it's a whole village set up to be like the 1700s New England village. Ah, okay. I loved it. Me and Andrew, we drive by it every time we we drive up to New Hampshire from New York. And um, it, we finally stopped in like, I don't know, probably six years ago. And it was so fun. We just spent like a morning <laughs> walking around, seeing how old timey people lived. It was great. They, it's the kind of place where they have actors and all the actors are in period yeah. costumes. Loved it. Highly recommend. <laughs> I've been to a place like that, maybe not 1700s, but like maybe let's say 1800s. But I've been to like a place like that in New Jersey, and I, I for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of it right now. Yeah. But um, I if I do, I will send it to you. Yeah, please and do. There's also there's also have you been to the tenant tenant museum? In, no, uh, the tenement, tenement museum? museum. I have you know yeah. I have not, and we um we were meant to go right before COVID happened, and then mm-hmm. COVID happened, and we just never got around to it. And that is it still open? I actually not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I, I I went once. I really liked it. Yeah, I think so, I would really like it too. We just haven't gotten around to it, but I will eventually I, as long as we can. Okay. I would recommend Dragon. Yeah. So anyway, we did that, uh, and then we got we got a cookie at Chip, which is one of those like you know fancy yeah. big cookie places. Because mm-hmm. I had a free cookie coupon. Okay. Yep. Very exciting. Very extremely exciting. Very very exciting. Uh-huh. You basically wa- wandered around a town and then got a cookie. Wandered around my town. <laughs> yeah, good. Wandered around and then got a cookie. So mm-hmm. good job, Dragon. Thank you. 
I mean, very, oh, very and we got we got caught in that hailstorm that we had on Saturday. Oh, yeah. We oh, were yeah, outside right, walking it? around and it sucked. Perfect. <laughs> yep. We had to duck in somewhere because so we, we we were going to tough it out. We we're like, oh, wow, it's hailing. And then it like started downpouring as well as hailing. We were like, maybe we should go inside somewhere. <laughs> so we did that. Oh, OK. Anyway, that's a, that's all I did. So, Berto, what did you do this weekend? So, uh, well, this weekend, my gym had a jiu-jitsu tournament mm-hmm. that um, a bunch of people signed up for. for. Now, I would have done it, except uh, pretty much no one was in my division. Yeah. So, I, I, in the last, like, few months, I have lost about, I'm going to say, eight to ten pounds. Which is so a lot. I comfortably, yeah, mm-hmm. I comfortably have moved down the weight class. <laughs> yeah, and. Right. Yeah, and to the point where I literally am like, I was walking around and I'm seeing the people at 170, and I'm like, why would I compete at 170 pounds? These <laughs> people is, are massive. That is a big weight class for you. 170 is big. You are only 5'4". Yeah, <laughs> and I'm 5'4", and I'm about 160 pounds, and then I just jump into the 170 weight class because I was like, ah, I'd rather do this than weight cut. Yeah, which but, I um, do understand. I understand not wanting to weight cut for a local tournament. It doesn't really make yeah. sense. But also, like, just wa- looking at the people who are 170 pounds, I'm just like, man, I, why didn't I, before I look at you and think you were so big, before I look at you and be like, ah, I can take them. Now I'm just like, oh, God damn it. That's a lot of fucking mass I have to move. It is. It's a lot but, to wrestle. Um, but, yeah, so the uh, so no one was in my division. So I just decided, you know what? I got a bunch of people, not just a bunch of people, but also a bunch of people doing their first tournament. Yeah. So let me go and, like, make sure they're good and corner them so me uh rich and caroline two two coaches from our gym mm-hmm. they basically helped out mm-hmm. and we spent the entire day like just coaching them mm-hmm. and while well, we had well we had six people from our from our gym compete mm-hmm. and uh i believe three people from harlem free fight compete yep. Yeah, that sounds and about so right. And so it was a very busy day. That is a long day, especially with newer people. Uh, that means you you get that you had to get there early for the kids, right? Yeah. And then you had to stay because all the all the white belts, all the new people in a jujitsu tournament have to go last, basically yeah. in the tournament. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So like yep. they don't start sometimes at like seven p.m. It's so, yep. it's a lot, and nope, the kids that's... start at nine a.m. So you're 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 there for a long time. Exactly what happened. So we we got there. We were well. Rich got there first. Because mm-hmm. he had the kids, and I was just—I just told him, like, "Look, I'm going to be there all day. I, I'm not getting there at 9 a.m. I'll get there at 10." Yeah. Uh, we wound up getting there at 9:30, <laughs> but we stayed there until about 8 o'clock when they started shutting down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that it was—it was a long day. It was good. We had a, a few people um, get medals, mm-hmm. including some weird medals. <laughs> <laughs> like one of our guys went five and zero and somehow got bronze. What? And then when I, yeah, well, because the, the guy explained, it's this whole ranking system where you, you can go 4-0 because you get a maximum of four matches. Okay. You get, you get two submissions, which count more than wins. Okay. Someone else gets three submissions. They're ranked higher than you. Oh, I see. Okay. So he had two people get that, three that's submissions. insane. So he wound up being third place because of that. That's insane. And I was like, I was trying, I was trying to be like, yo, like, just make a fucking, just make, there's four guys who all went 4-0, just make, make a bracket. That way the winner yeah. is the guaranteed that he, he's the only one who won all his matches. Yeah, why and wouldn't he do that? Well, the, well, you have to realize this to us, that makes sense. But to him, he's like, you want me to do more work? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Like, They're like, look, eight, we, like, the, the white belts, the heavyweight white belts don't go until 9 p.m. Like, leave us yeah. alone. We can't fit yeah. another match in. Yeah, like, when, like look, I'm arguing knowing, like, man, I'm really asking you to 
be, I'm, I'm really being the asshole right now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how you get banned from grappling industries. <laughs> you're like you're so, the yeah. annoying coach. <laughs> yeah, and we had a few, you know yeah, so we had a bunch of people medal, so that was good. And that's nice. uh, so it was a good day. It was a good long day. Yeah, I saw I saw a lot of the matches. Um, I saw a video of a lot of the matches, and I was really um, impressed with with a lot of our people. Like they really yeah. they showed up. I, I mean, showing up first of all was like the hardest part. So I really commend everybody for doing that. But they like really put on good matches and did a great job. I was I was very impressed. Yes, yeah, it was very very good, very very fun day. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the next time we go, I'll be able to compete. So yeah, and that's that. That's in December, right? Uh, yes. So we got. I got about a four weeks or so. Nice. Well, exciting, um, Berto. Yeah. All right, Dragon. Let's yes. get this bad boy started, all right? Okay. Why don't we go ahead and start with a little segment we call Dragon on the Couch. Okay. Dragon? Yes. What did you watch on the couch? Okay, so I'm just going to talk about a couple of things. So the first thing we watched is um, the new Bob Ross documentary. It's called Bob Ross Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's streaming on Netflix. So, um, I, you know, I, Andrew was like, oh, do you want to watch the Bob Ross documentary? And I was like, yes, I would love to, expecting like a very sweet, like, oh. <laughs> nice documentary about this like sweet, nice painter guy that everybody loves. And it was that, you know, it was that because Bob Ross was all around like generally a great dude and everybody kind of agrees and he like made this thing that everybody finds incredibly soothing and he made it for like years and years you know there are a ton of episodes and we all watched it on pbs growing up i'm sure uh i think bob ross is one of those he's one of like six people mm-hmm. who and one generation just decides this is the greatest human being yeah. who's ever existed yeah. and for some reason everyone in our generation our generation knows who bob ross is yeah I, it, literally, so. it's PBS, man, because we all watched Mr. Rogers and Bob Ross, and it was the same channel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did, how did they corner the market on not terrible humans? I don't know. Well, I mean, I think public access, it, it's, you know, there's a, there's, <laughs> the, the point of it is that there's supposed to be like a non-greed uh, thing going on, right? Like, Mr. Rogers did not get into it to get rich, and neither did Bob Ross. Like, they both got into it for, like, genuine reasons. Like, I, like, Mr. Rogers was, like, bring educational television to children who he, like, genuinely loved in a not a creepy way, which is amazing. And then... Yeah, that's the creepiest part. Bob, Bob Ross is the same thing. He wanted to, he felt like painting brought him a lot of joy, and he wanted to share that with people, and, like, literally, that was it. <laughs> that yeah. was his whole thing. It's like how how are these people so altruistic? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's very it's, right. it's very sweet. It very it's very like oh like, like there are good humans, but then of course in the Bob Ross one, like you also see the the people who were around him kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know part of it is like he didn't do a great job necessarily of uh, of dealing with that, but he also. Um, you know, it, the it, he. I think he gave people the benefit of the doubt for probably too long, because he like didn't want to yeah. deal with like a business aspect of something. You it, know, it's like as if he's such a great human being that other people saw him and took advantage of that. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah, you you kind of see that, and like there's some stuff too, like uh, uh, about like him and like some of the stuff that he did that was not necessarily like the best in terms of like his behavior, but it's all understandable. Like you get you get it, you know. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think any of it makes him a bad person. I think it's just like an interesting look into his into his life um, and like his death and what happened, uh, what's happened since. So, yeah, it, it was really interesting. It did. I did walk away from the documentary thinking like, oh, I should never buy merchandise with Bob Ross on it because it doesn't like the money doesn't go to his family. <laughs> yeah. Which is like literally I would be like, oh, my God, Bob Ross, Bob Ross's face is on a T-shirt. I should buy that because yeah. he's such a great person. Yeah. But it turns out. Um, his family, so his family doesn't own his rights at all. Um, that is, well, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that, so we watched that. Um, I recommend it. I thought it was, I thought mm-hmm. it was a, a good documentary. I, I think it's done mostly by his son, so it is definitely very skewed um, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, like how he, how everything is portrayed. But I, I, I think like it's surprising how, um, like his son, I think really uh, talked about the bad as well as the good. And I appreciate that. Are you saying this is uh, very, it's poorly skews too, too nicely on Bob Ross? Is what I mean, you're I, I think that you could probably Bob make, Ross is make probably that argument. A terrible human being that no, everyone no, no. should hate. No, for and sure. Because no. his son made the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. No. I actually don't know if his son made it, but his son is definitely like the quote unquote star of it. Like he's the one that's telling all the stories and like he's the main interview and like the main impetus behind it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anyway, so I watched that. And uh, the only other thing I'm going to talk about is Andrew and I watched The Ice Storm. So this is a um, Ang Lee movie that I had never seen or heard of. Um, it's from 1997. It is starring Kevin Kline, Joan Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Henry Cizerny. I don't know how to say his name. Um, Toby Maguire, Christina Ricci, Elijah Wood. Just like on and on. It's like a, an amazing cast. Um, and it is great. I had never seen it. I had no idea what it was about. It basically all takes place over thanks a Thanksgiving weekend in 1973. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an ice storm, and it just kind of like follows the paths of all of these characters like through the weekend and like what what's happening with them. And um, I I was like, Andrew, is it happy or sad? And he was like, neither, which is kind of true. Like there are definitely it's almost a coming of age movie, or it's like a slice of life, I guess, movie sort of. Right. Um, it, it, and, like, I would argue that Christina Ricci is the main character. Um, and it's kind of everybody around her, like, her parents and her boy that she's, like, kind of her boyfriend but not really. And his younger brother and his parents and how, like, they all kind of are enmeshed in this small town in Connecticut that's, like, a very, a, like, a wealthy, um, like, cocktail party kind of town um, from the 70s. And it's it's really interesting. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's so weird. Ang Lee's filmography is weird. <laughs> he has <laughs> such a weird filmography, doesn't he? He, he can't he really pin does. him down to one thing. He really does have such a weird. I just like I I was looking at it. Um, I was looking at it earlier because he is like okay. So I'm looking at it right now. I mean, the latest thing he made was Gemini Man, which was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, but yet it it like Gemini Man apparently used some brand new type of technology. It did, to, yeah, to yeah. Use the uh, I I believe if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. the um the the young uh what's his name Will Smith, Will Smith yeah is completely CGI'd, which was like the first time that they've ever had a completely CGI'd character like that yeah. without like someone with fucking tennis balls standing there, right? Or right. some shit, some shit like that. Yeah, it was, it's something I, I like that. I can't quite remember either, but it, it is yeah. I generally like that. And yeah. yet, like, and yet, like, you, you can see it and you're like, you, to you, it's like, oh, this is objectively bad. Mm-hmm. But yet he did, he's, do, he's done something completely different than what he's done before. He swung for the fences, for sure. 
for sure. Yeah. It, like, and he literally did the thing where he's like, you know what? I'm going to try this. Um, and somebody has to be the first, you know, to do, to use this technology and I'm going to do it and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, and it failed. But you know what? He's, yeah. I think he's done enough to earn himself a bunch of failures. I will say be, because of, so I saw it in IMAX, me and Andrew went and saw it on IMAX when it came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I left the theater, I've never had a, I've never had this happen before, but real life looked like a movie because he shot it at a high frame rate. Yeah. Um, it, like just watching a movie at a high frame rate like that for so long, it makes real life because that's more closer to how we see the world. Uh, it makes real life look weird. Like I was just like, wow, I'm, tri- oh, yeah. I'm like trippy right now. Like I feel like I'm still in like watching a movie, but I'm the one controlling it. Like moving your on. your your brain hasn't adjusted to it yet. Exactly. It's like when we like when we saw switched over to like uh, HD TVs. Yeah, it, or, it like, looked weird. And, it looked weird and at then, first. Not just that, but like now it looks normal. And now when I see someone with like a, a low definition TV or like a tube TV, mm-hmm. and I turn it on, I'm like, how the fuck did we ever watch TV? On? Everything's so like grainy and like what? It's, it's like, weird. It's, it's like fuzzy. It's like terrible. How did I was remember watching a baseball game and i'm like i can't see the fucking ball how did i ever watch baseball on this um so other things that angley made uh life of pie not my favorite but i get it it's, yeah everybody yeah, likes it thing. i guess uh brokeback mountain amazing uh not at the time at the time it came out i don't even i don't think it got like the right amount of acclaim like i know it got a lot but i, I think like it was treated like the game movie but it's so much more mm-hmm. than that um hulk which is Hulk. Greatest greatest Marvel Marvel movie ever. So he definitely Hulk is one of those movies where he he swung for the fences and didn't yeah. didn't get didn't didn't make it, but it's still very interesting. But he tried Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which I think is the one that everybody like. When you think of Ang Lee, I think that's what people think of. Yeah, Obje- I, I objectively truly love that movie. Yeah, and it's that was a just great movie. That was just three years after the Ice Storm came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, the Ice Storm, great. Sigourney Weaver in it is amazing. Um, I really loved her performance. She's playing. She plays like an ice cold um, uh, stay at home mom, basically. Yeah. Um, housewife, and uh, it's great. Like I, I just really generally enjoyed enjoyed the movie, even though some of it's a little bit sad and some of it's like kind of cringy. Right. Um, okay. I liked it. I liked it. Okay. Uh, and that's it. That's all. That's all I'm going to talk about for this week. I didn't. I didn't really watch that much. Okay. We haven't got to the theater because not, there's not much out that we haven't seen. So there's that. Yeah, I, I was. I was literally like, oh, I should. I have nothing to do today. I should go to the theater. And then I looked up and I was like, there's nothing to watch. Yeah, there's nothing out. At some so. point. At some point in the next couple of weeks, I'll I'll talk about what we do in the shadows because we'll we'll probably finish the third um, season at that point. Okay. But awesome. that's that. Berto, what'd you get? Um. Well, the, uh, I just want to take a quick detour. Okay. From my the list that I had, which is the you talking about the Bob Ross documentary, and how like oh his son made it, but and then like, we kind of made the joke of how like it's it's probably skewed. Yeah, it, it reminded me of a documentary that is so skewed that I literally almost like yelled at my TV when while I was watching it. <laughs> okay. And what it is is it's a Netflix documentary called Nobody Speak: The Trials of Free Press. Oh man! Now. What this is is a Netflix just, just the name of it alone. I'm like red flags all around. He, the the red the biggest red flag of all is that this is this is a documentary about uh, a lawsuit uh, where Hulk Hogan. I don't know if you remember, but Hulk Hogan had a sex tape, right? Oh yes. Is this the Gawker lawsuit? Yes. Yeah, I, I remember so that. So it's a documentary about that and about basically saying about basically explaining how Hulk Hogan got financed to do this lawsuit by someone else yep. and that person 
had a vendetta against Gawker because they outed him as being gay. Man, Gawker is such a piece of shit. <laughs> you and, should not and do that. Mind you, it, uh, in, if you release a sex tape, you, it, it depends what state, but someone has to sign a paper saying, I approve that you, uh, that you release this. Right. Otherwise, people are getting fucking sued. Right. And that's exactly what they did. <laughs> and they got sued for it. And um, basically, it, the documentary tries to portray it as if, like, look at Hulk Hogan trying to destroy freedom of, of our press. Right. And I was like, motherfucker, you did this knowing it's illegal and you still fucking did it. And then you're now claiming we have free speech rights. And it's like, no, no, that's, this does not apply. Well, it's, it's just, if, if nobody got permission, it's just revenge porn, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what they did. And, and I just remember watching this and being like this. And I watched it not realizing what it was. I was like, oh, it's, an, it's a documentary about the Hulk Hogan lawsuit. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? This is insane. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely, I, I, I think it's a, it was a fun thing to watch knowing, knowing now what the fuck happened to it. Yeah. The, but yeah, I, I, it was on Netflix when I saw it. Let me check if it's still on that. So you're saying it's, it's mildly skewed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it, it's, it's currently on Netflix if anyone wants to watch it. But okay. I... I yeah, it's not just mildly skewed. Jesus Christ, is it skewed? But um, it's <laughs> what, very is it, what is it called again? It's called Nobody Speak. Nobody Speak. Okay. Yeah, the trials of the free press. It's just it's one of those things that's just like at the end of it, you're just like, I, no one is stupid enough to fucking uh, to fall, <laughs> fall for, for this, it. right? Yeah, fair. Okay. Um. All right. So next, I went to the theater, Dragon. Oh, you did. And I, I saw a little movie mm-hmm. that we call. Eternals. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what you're thinking. Berto, you saw this small independent movie that, <laughs> you know, they, you know, no it's one's kind heard of, like of. The, no one's, it's kind of like the, the little, the little, the little, you know, the little choo-choo, the little train that could, you sure. know, yep. it's that, that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I saw this dragon. Um, it's getting bad reviews, like yeah. 50% on Rotten Tomato, just about. Crazy. Um, I would agree with that. Really? It was... Just like I, I just I don't know what it was. So I talked it, about this last week, right? The Eternals. Yeah. Or sorry, Eternals. It, there's no the in front of it, and I keep, I yeah, keep fucking yeah. that up. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, I didn't like it because it just felt like uh, uh, here's. I think this is the biggest problem. Okay. There were ten characters. 10 too Eternals. many characters. There are too many characters. Yes. Yeah, there are ten Eternals, so that means no one gets a storyline because we tried to tell everyone's story. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um. I want to call it woke Marvel, but that's going to skew it in a way because then everyone's going to be like, oh, there was a character who was gay and kissed his boyfriend. And it's like, to be honest, I actually thought that was a very sweet scene. Yeah. And I liked it a lot. I and I was so like, too. yeah, this is good. Yeah. Oh, there's a bunch. Everyone is like different nationalities and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. I love it. I mm-hmm. love the fact that they're doing that. Um, Kumail Nanjiani. Is that how you spell it? Kumail, Kumail Nanjiani. Kumail Nanjiani. I... He's fucking amazing in this movie. Isn't he so good? Like, to the point where I'm like, oh, why is he not the main character? <laughs> right. there, there's a scene where he, it's a full on Bollywood scene yep. where he's dancing Bollywood. And it was like a good like three minutes of the film. Yeah. And I was like, I want more of that. <laughs> like, give me give me the, the full scene. I want to see what the movie he's making. I think Kumail, I think the thing about him is like, you know, he's an eternal whatever. I think that Kumail is just a good comedic actor. 
I yeah. mean, that's he, like kind of what he does, right? So like it, he just brings like a nice levity to it. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, very much. Compared to um, all these like fucking sad sacks. <laughs> the rest oh, of the Eternals. The, the entire, all, the, all the Eternals are just sad sacks. They're just sad sack after sad sack after sad sack. But I like that. This is the problem. Uh, and someone someone else pointed out on another podcast I listened to, and they said this should have been um, on Marvel Plus. It should have been a TV show, because mm. had it been a TV show, you would had a first episode, and then each each next episode would have focused on one of the each Eternals. characters. Yeah, each of essentially, yeah, essentially explaining why they think that Earth should be saved. Yeah, and that way, when you get to the end, I'm not sitting there wondering. Why are they saving the earth? I'm confused. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I, so, I totally agree. Yeah. It, I was also, this is one of the ones too where I was like watching it and I was like, it seems like earth is in danger so often. Maybe we just weren't meant to be. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just, just burn the place down and just start somewhere else. And like, essentially, that's the choice given in this movie. And oh, in spoiler the, well, alert. Well, in the scale... Alert, oh, yeah, the yeah. Earth is in danger, by the yeah, way. Yeah, surprise. So, in the, and in the scale of an infinite universe, where there are infinite worlds, and, like, this has happened infinite numbers of times, I'm like, we're not special. So, it, the fact that, like, Marvel, yeah. can, it's continually like, we are the most special. Where, like, all these superheroes make us, like, their priority for some reason. Like, Thor, why would he give two fucks about Earth? Like, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. It doesn't make but any that, sense. That's why that's why you needed individual stories so that I could understand why the fuck are you guys saving the earth? Right. And then and then uh, one character, by the way, and the, doesn't even show up in the last battle. He literally goes like, "Hey guys, uh, this isn't my battle," and then just disappears for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And I was like, I kept expecting him to come out the last second to do that that hero thing of like showing up, like changing his mind, yeah. and it, it never happened. <laughs> he just disappears. <laughs> But it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, but there's two thing, two scenes that really that that's what I mean by like, oh, it's woke, woke Marvel. Okay. Number one is uh, when the there was one character who like uh, he's his powers is like he helps make technology. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of World War Two, he's like, oh, they, what oh, they yeah. did, what with have my, I done? Yeah. What have I done? And I'm like. You made a, an A bomb. What did you think was gonna happen? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I didn't understand. <laughs> they were gonna be like, no, 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 let's not use this. Also, <laughs> you you ended the war. <laughs> well, we are not gonna get into the politics of dropping the atomic bomb. No, but, but uh, um, I, I will just say this. I remember watching a documentary, um, "The War" by Ken Burns. Yeah. And that documentary really, all the characters in that documentary were talking about how they they loved that. Despite it killing all those people, they said it ended the war, which meant that less people would be killed. Right. Overall, it was like the the less of two evils kind of thing. So like the people who experienced it at the time, at least according to the documentary, basically were all in unison being like, this is the the necessary evil that had to be done. Right. Now, you could have your own opinions on that, but I like that's that was what the documentary implied that the people of those generations felt. Yeah. Um. And then the second one was during the uh, when when the Cortez's army was destroying the Aztecs. Yeah, was it the Aztecs? I'm, I'm gonna say it's the Aztecs. Yeah, I, I think honestly it was. don't I think remember. It was. I think it was. And and one of the characters is like, "Hey, this isn't war. This is genocide." And I'm like, "This this time? <laughs> yeah, right. every single war up until this is genocide. What are you talking about? <laughs> Literally, the, the whole point was genocide before. <laughs> like we yeah. Did. Like people forget that like normally wars ended in genocide. <laughs> yeah, I think we we definitely like uh, after after World War Two and we all went. It, it you know what? One. It was it was actually one. It was, it was World War One. Yeah, during when the uh, 
when the what's it called the Armenian genocide that was the first that was one of the first times when everyone looked around and was like you mean we shouldn't just be killing everyone yeah well that's that's when everybody was just like hey you can't do that and the 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 people committing genocide were like what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah like oh shit we have to we have to do it something different oh my bad how else are we supposed to do it (laughs) yeah you're like, I don't know, diplomacy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I, yeah, exactly. Literally use your yeah. words. I don't know what to tell you. You're, we're all adults now, guys, and we grew up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, yeah so moving on. Journals, I, I, I didn't enjoy it. I it was, it was it's, fine. Again, it's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's yeah. just, it's kind of this there. I would say in, the, in like, the pantheon of Marvel movies, it's not the worst. I would say it's like bottom, bottom five. Meh, maybe. Somewhere in there. It's still, which, by the way, still makes it enjoyable to watch. Again, Can I just say that not a bad movie. And again, yeah. I didn't, I don't, I have no idea. It was well, you know, what was crazy. So in our theater when we were watching it, you, did you stay for the end credit scene? Um, uh, yes, I did. Our theater erupted in applause, and Andrew goes, "I don't know who that is." <laughs> like the reveal, the reveal. Oh didn't. my god! And it's so rare because Andrew usually knows all the things, but he was like, "It's such a deep cut. Like it's not like a." It's it's such a deep cut. But I think everyone was just excited that Jon Snow gets to continue in the movie. I get well the the Jon Snow's. Jon Snow's gonna do something. The people screaming in the back were like teenage girls, and I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's not like the nerds who are normally the ones like yeah and clapping. It was like a <laughs> like a gaggle of teenage girls screaming. It was so weird. So okay, all right. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what it's like. All right, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. All right. Yes. All right. Next. Uh, all right. So next, I'm going to talk about a little movie that. Uh, Jaime, my brother, had actually been telling me forever to watch this. Okay. And it's a Michael Bay film oh, yep. called Pain and Gain. I also All recommended right. that you watch this. Uh, yeah, but you know, I don't listen when you talk. So <laughs> Accurate. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so this is a, a movie starring Mark, Marky Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Anthony McKay before he became, uh, you know, fucking uh, uh, Falcon and then Captain America, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's, I mean, number one, they said it was based on a true story. <laughs> There's okay? no way. And then when I read about this afterwards, because the moment I finished the movie, I read about the story, the true story they were talking about. Yeah. It, it's, it was not exactly the same, but it's pretty close. <laughs> the, 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 the uh, what's it called? The comedy of errors and stupidity <laughs> that these people did. <laughs> is is it's there it's it's exactly in the movie but um yeah so this is a fun movie so much fun yeah it's basically bodybuilders try to <laughs> commit a kidnapping and then i mean let's just say you know the the stereotype of the big dumb bodybuilder was <laughs> very evident in this time hilarity it's, ensues <laughs> hilarity ensues and i mean hilarity this was just like michael bay being like how let me take away explosions not not a lot of explosions let me take yeah. away some explosions because for some reason still had explosions and car crashes i think he has to i think he, he's uh, like tractu- contractually obligated to have explosions in all of his movies. yeah and he's like let me just focus on having fun characters with stupid things and just having them have fun together yeah. and i was like wow man this is really fucking good I, so I saw this movie in theaters, and it's the only time I've seen it. So it's been a long time, a long mm-hmm. time since I watched it. But it, the things I remember from it are like, ooh, look at those big muscle boys. 
I remember that. Yeah, the thick boys. Thick boys, and your, I remember your beloved, yeah. your beloved thick boys. I do love a thick boy, and um, I and then I remember thinking, wow, The Rock is like a really good comedic actor, and yeah. that's all. That's all I remember really from it. I don't remember like <laughs> I I remember that's vaguely like kind of weirdly slapstick and dark and funny, but I don't, I don't yeah. remember anything else. Nope, it's vaguely it's very slapstick, dark comedy. Um, the Rock is superhumanly big and yet like plays this. <laughs> like funny fun character that is also like he, he kind of trying to reform his life but so he's very jesusy yeah <laughs> but keeps oh, fucking I forgot, up i forgot all about that <laughs> oh and i should so rewatch watch again <laughs> and, and mark Wahlberg is one of those guys who's just like he's all plans but no like thought in the plan yeah yeah <laughs> and and so he really does think himself like all i have to do is believe all I have to do believe, is believe and work my ass off and mm-hmm. I will accomplish what I need. And like, there's a very funny scene where Mark Wahlberg comes up with like six plans to kidnap the guy. <laughs> yeah. And The Rock is sitting there like, how does this guy come up with all these genius plans? <laughs> and then uh, Anthony Mackie is kind of just like, yeah, I knew he was all full of shit, but you know, he he was he was in the middle of brainstorming. He was, you know, he, he seemed like he had a good idea. He seemed like he had more action than idea yeah and it's yeah. like if we could just do the action we'd be fine very and kind of just, boogie very kind of boogie nights of him yeah it's it, it it does have that that no it doesn't have that that tone but it's i i really enjoyed it i really thought it was hilarious yeah like yeah. this could be my favorite michael bay film yeah i don't, I don't think you're wrong <laughs> i don't think you're wrong and it has thick boys your favorite it literally it's it's funny it's a dark comedy love a dark comedy and mm-hmm. it's full of thick boys like wait yeah. you can't go wrong <laughs> this is the perfect movie for you. And it's on Hulu right now, which means you can watch it right now. Ooh, Jackie. that's true. I mean, I have other things to do because I'm a busy lady, but like. No, you don't, but okay. I have to do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, next. Okay. Next. So yes. keeping with my thick boys, uh, I watched a little movie. It came out on, on uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. It came out recently on Netflix, actually. And it's called Red Notice. Never heard now, of it. I have never heard of this. Yeah. Same thing. I never heard of it. Didn't know it was even coming out because I don't watch TV or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's starring your your favorite thick boy, The Rock. Mm-hmm. Oh, starring, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, for real. It's starring The Rock. It's starring Ryan Reynolds, another thick boy who in this movie would look huge except for the fact that he's always next to The Rock. So he looks like a tiny, God. tiny, tiny, tiny man. Can you imagine like you, you, you work so hard to get shredded, like absolutely huge, bulky, but also shredded. You work so hard and then you have to stand next to The Rock and you're just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And it's also starring uh, Gal Gadot. Oh, okay. So how do I describe this movie? It is, it's, it's basically The Rock is a how do I how would they explain it? he's an fbi <laughs> sure he's an fbi when is he um, not no, i think better. i think the he, rock might actually be an fbi agent no 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 no. <laughs> it, it it gets better he works for the fbi okay he is a uh who are those people who like tell you like oh this person probably the person who did this crime did you know he's probably wearing a red suit and has i don't know oh and a, like a, uh, yeah a, a profiler like an fbi yeah, profiler so, he is a criminal profiler who specifically works with art thieves. <laughs> okay. And to which I was like, why why is he com- why is he a criminal profiler? Just make him a fucking like just a regular FBI agent. That's but whatever. So weird. All right. I, okay. You know what? It, it later on in the movie it makes sense. Let me just say that. Okay? Yeah. Um so he he has to capture uh 
Ryan Reynolds, who is the world's greatest art con man. The world's, yeah. Not, uh, yeah, the world's greatest con man, art thief, <laughs> okay. like all that shit. And then in the process, he they both get fra- he gets framed for something. Okay. So they have to now work together against Gal Gadot, who is the world's greatest art thief. <laughs> okay. Now this is an action movie. It is a lot of fun. <laughs> it's now the storyline is stupid. Look, it has a thirty-six on Rotten Tomatoes. I will say that the people who gave the people who gave this bad reviews are looking for storyline and plot and things that make sense. Yeah, which is not what this movie is about. This movie is about just Dwayne Johnson doing superhuman things <laughs> with Ryan Reynolds just making jokes, and that's what the movie should is about, and that's what it should be about. And it's like anyone who sees past that and goes like, well, the story is stupid. Like, what the fuck did yeah. you think was going to happen? Like, sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it gives you exactly that, which is The Rock just being a fucking action star and Ryan Reynolds also being an action star, but also like having great one-liners and making a lot of jokes throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed it. Did you, did you speaking of um, art thievery, did you end up seeing The Painter and the Thief, the documentary, no, the Hulu documentary? No, I didn't. Um, I still, I still think you should watch it. You I just, just want, want me to watch just, it. You just reminded me of it, so I wanted to do a plug. You just want me to watch it so I can look at the uh, jails in, in is it Norway or? I think, I think it's Norway. I can't, I can't quite remember. But you I think just it's want Norway. me to look at the jail sales in Norway, and I can be like, oh yeah, it's nice. It literally is nice, <laughs> but it's like they actually treat their prisoners like they try and reform them, which is wild. It's like it's so un-American. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> uh, anyway, keep going. What else All right. you got? Well, w- one last one. I'll, give, I'll throw in one last one. It was a quick movie. It's fun. It's called uh, Winchester. It's on Netflix, mm-hmm. and it's a horror movie. Um, it's basically it's about the whole Win- the Winchester mansion. Yep. Which is like this giant mansion that has th- hundreds of rooms and staircases that lead no- to nowhere because this woman was crazy and shit yep. like that. Accurate. She thought she she thought ghosts were chasing her, and this is a true story. Yep. And they made a horror movie about it, which was you know it was pretty good. It was good. It was decent. You can visit the house. Yeah. Can, in where is it? California somewhere. Uh, California. It's somewhere yeah. in the, by San Francisco. Yeah. It was uh you know it's how do I put it? I would like passing. I would like it's, to visit the house. I think that sounds like fun. Yeah, I want to visit the house, but this this was a passable uh, a passable movie. It was. I it assume it's scares. a ghost. I assume it's a ghost ghost movie. Yeah, it's a ghost movie. It yeah. kind of like it goes faster than what I would expect it, given that it's an hour and forty minutes. Okay. Where I was like, oh, we're entering this part of the story already. That's okay. But um, you know, it was fine. It was decent. Yeah. It wasn't the. It wasn't a waste of my time. So. I give it a a, ring, eh, a ringing endorsement yeah. as usual. It was not a waste of my time. Is your is give, your I, middle of the road endorsement at all times? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because trust me, I've seen a lot of movies where I would one hundred percent tell you it's a waste of your time. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, this, fair. this is not one of those. Fair. Like I I, I moved a couple of that I was going to talk about today. I could move a couple of those over to uh, for next week. In that nice. way. Th- then then I can start talking about movies that I can literally just say, you know what? That's just a waste of your time. Don't fucking watch it. <laughs> appreciate it all right okay all right so i talked about like six movies so that's a lot and i still have a lot for i I have nothing to do i know i know i know i you're you're uh your chick is trying to get you to get the fuck out of the house every once in a while sounds like yeah yeah it's pretty and it's just failing it's pretty sad yeah um okay all right shall we move on all right dragon yeah let's move on let's do this we've uh finally made it to the end yes all right a little segment we call Dragon at the movies. Mm-hmm. Dragon, mm-hmm. what movie did we watch this week? Well, you chose this week. 
So do you want to give want the director okay. and the starring and stuff? Okay, so I will introduce the movie because okay. you are lazy. Yes. <laughs> so we, I suggested we watch the movie Children of Men. Mm-hmm. Now, this movie came out in 2006. It's an hour, 49 minutes, and it, it's currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. All right? It is directed by Alfonso Corano. <laughs> and is it, wait, is that, is that Corone, is it? Qu- Alfonso Coron. Coron. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm trying to say it. I'm trying to say it very, very essentially. Okay. Alfonso Coron. <laughs> and it's starring. It's starring Clive Owen. Uh-huh. Okay. It's starring Clive Owen, Julianne Moore, and uh, Claire Hope Ashti. Ash Ashitley. Uh, Can you help me pronounce her last name? Claire Hope uh, Ashite. I don't know. I, I don't know Ashit. how to pronounce it. I'm gonna say Ashti. Okay. Okay, we all know I don't know how to pronounce names. Yeah. Even when I know the names and I've said it a thousand times, yes. I still fail to pronounce yeah. them. Yeah, 100%. It's okay. Okay. Forgive me so, this time. Oh, and also uh, Michael Caine. Yes. Yep. Everyone's favorite British actor. <laughs> there are only 10 of them, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so. Dragon? You want to drag another movies? Ahead. Okay. Yeah, why don't you give me a Dragon at the Movies synopsis? Okay, so Children of Men is basically set in um, the near future in like the 2020s um set 18 years after um humanity experienced a mass infertility event basically like all women in the united in in, not in the united states all women in the world can no longer become pregnant um so there are just no children and uh society is kind of collapsing uh, because of it so it it's set in the dystopian future in the uk and basically uh the plot is this dude whose uh, ex-wife is an activist um, has to shepherd the one pregnant person in the entire world to, like, safety through um, a dystopian UK, essentially. Good? I, I mean, god damn it, it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I want to shit on it in some way, but that that's actually very good. Yeah, this this one I, did, I feel like I, I surprisingly nailed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm as, really I'm hoping... as shocked as you are, Berto, <laughs> to be Here's honest. I was I was really hoping that you would just spend a good five minutes just talking about Diego. <laughs> no, baby Diego. <laughs> yeah, I really was hoping that that it would just be like, oh, and uh, then Diego dies. Uh, oh, uh, yada yada yada, and then uh, you know, movie yeah. go. And then movie and then the movie happened. That that was what my hope was. <laughs> no, I, no, no. You know, I'm. I'm I personally I'm sadly disappointed. <laughs> Sorry. But you know, in terms of like you doing it properly, then yeah, no, you nailed it. So my favorite part about the baby Diego thing, um, which is how this whole thing is introduced, right? So we're introduced to the world in which um our main character, uh what's his name? Clive Owen? I forget his uh, Theo. Theo. Our main character Theo is at a coffee shop and everybody's mesmerized by the news that the youngest person in the world dies and the youngest person in the world is 18 years, seven months, blah, blah, blah. And they do it down to like the minute mm-hmm. um, because, you know, when all the kids, when all the like uh, women stop being able to get pregnant, like there obviously there is one youngest. Um, so anyway, that's how you're kind of thrown into like to catch you up to speed, which I thought was a really good way to do it, actually. It, they, the way that they do some exposition yeah. uh, uh, in this movie. Yeah, it, the data dumps that they do in this is brilliantly done. So smart, brilliantly done. Can I like the way that they build the world uh, uh, is mm-hmm. such so brilliantly done in this movie. I, I think that that's probably my favorite thing is just seeing the world and how things come to be, and then like just having like one scene, the background that's going on in that scene, tell you like so many things that are happening in mm-hmm. that movie in that scene. Like uh, basically, it just starts off with a news report about Diego 
like someone jumped that someone stabbed Diego and then the entire crowd like basically killed him and what it is is like this kid was so swamped all yeah. the time yeah. and beloved that that the moment that someone stabs him like everyone else killed that killed him like they, it, it wasn't like there was it wasn't even a choice like there was just mob rule immediately mm-hmm. and it makes you think like holy shit like the world has really fallen apart yeah but um yeah so they they it sets up a world and then the other data dump where where they basically show a commercial and it's like oh the entire world has literally falling apart the yeah. only remaining country oh, the only country with a with a remaining government is england right and it's so interesting too because like yeah england they say here's the here's what i got from it though they say that england is the only remaining country but i was like i actually don't know if that's true that's just english propaganda so like people um, don't I think what they meant wasn't that the country was remaining, but this is the only government that like has survived. Like functioning government, yeah. Yeah, so like probably in the U.S. Of course, the U.S. is still around, but like well, there was a there there, there no was functioning government, right? And there was a there was a small line that was basically like the were you there were your parents there when the, when it happened in New York or something? And she was like, yeah, they were. Yeah, so which is you a, get which you, is a, it's implied that there was like some kind of nuclear event or some shit. Like there was some kind of huge. Um, Attack. Something happened. Yeah, something yeah. happened where all of New York is just destroyed. Yeah. So and it's like like little things like that to help tell you about the world. I paused at one point because I saw an advertisement, a commercial in the background mm-hmm. that basically just said, um, uh, "Make sure you get your fertility test." Like everyone has to get the fertility test because if you don't, it's against the law. Right. Right. And I was like, man, like it. I like, missed the that. government. The government. Yeah. No, it's little shit like that where I'm like, oh, the government has taken control of the situation. The only reason the government is surviving is because um, they just impose hard yeah. lockdown rules and like everything is now like regulated. Yeah. And you, can, you, and see, you, you see also like the, the, if you see something, say something basically <laughs> um, yeah. lines all and, over like, the place. Constantly. Uh, like apparently the biggest problem right now is immigration. Yeah. Like they, they have so many uh, immigrants coming in illegally. And it's like, you know, a major part of the plot, but like they have so many, so many immigrants that like they literally just have cages on the street yeah. to detain people. They they had a scene where they just went into like a fucking apartment building and just detained a shit ton of fucking immigrants. Mm-hmm. And it's literally just illegal immigrants. Well, they call them, they call them Fugees, refugees. Yeah, refugees I, and they call them Fugees. Yeah. I really disliked. <laughs> like, I mean, it's supposed to be. I know, no, it's, it wasn't even that it's like a demeaning thing. I was just like, ugh, I th- just think it's like, it just sounds, it's, instead of sounding like mean, it sounds goofy. And I was like, I don't like that such a goofy sounding word is being used for like such a serious. There, there was a band called the Fugees. I know. I know, yeah. Just, I, don't, <laughs> I mean, if we're going to be honest, every single like time you, I mean, any single time you do one of these, it always comes out sounding still silly, yeah. right? Yeah, you're not wrong. So. You know, I, it, I I see what you're saying, but I also don't think it's such a big. Uh, no, it's it's not a big deal. It was just one of those things where I was like, meh, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. care for it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then um, also as you're going along, because as so so again, as you're going along with the story, the, so much data is dropped in. Like, yeah. and there's people who deal with what happened because uh, honestly, the world is falling apart because there's no infertility because there's no fertility. Right. Right. And it's essentially a slow a slow apocalypse. Yeah, and and it's almost like everyone knows that. Uh, I, I, one character says it like, I, "I didn't think that I would be here for the end of the world." Right. 
And it's like, that's exactly what the entire fucking world is going through. And that's why people are crying. Like, everyone is fucking devastated by baby Diego dying. Yeah. Because it's like, it's that realization of like, oh, yeah, we are slowly going through the apocalypse. And mm-hmm. here we are going to work. But like, the world is fucking going to end. I My favorite my favorite part about that was when uh, Theo uses baby uh, <laughs> baby Diego, Diego dying to, to to be able to go home early from work. Oh, 100% that would be you. You'd be like, oh, can I just work from home? I'm like, oh, I'm so sad. I just need to go home. And then I'd fuck off to do whatever I actually wanted to do for the day. <laughs> yeah, very smart of you. Very smart of you, can I yep. say. Yep, yep. Um, uh, very dragon style. But And it's, it's also great that, they, they, that Clive Owen just doesn't care because he... I mean, to him, the world was destroyed long before, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? So you find out you find out that his son died um, from the flu, which was a yeah, pandemic the, that happened before this, right? Yeah. So there was a pandemic that went around, yeah, before this. That his his baby boy died of the flu, and he's never been able to recover. And basically, before that, he was this like revolutionary, mm-hmm. uh, and his friend calls him a revolutionary without a, without a purpose. Yeah. And that's kind of what he is. He's just like, I have no purpose, so I have nothing to do. He's nothing and to I fight feel- for anymore, essentially. He like doesn't care I, that yeah. the world is going to shit because he's like, well, the one thing I would have fought for is dead. So that's yeah. it. And it's, and it's like, oh, yeah, like what, what is the point of having like all that revolutionary anger if you have no purpose to it? Right. So it, it just manifests itself in this like depression where he's kind of just zombieing his way through life. Mm-hmm. And then you see his his uh, his cousin. He goes to visit his cousin at one point, and his cousin is just like pill popping the entire time. <laughs> yeah, like he's just he's just basically like, well, the way I deal with it is just fucking low, you know, low time, low grade of ecstasy or some shit like he that. He said he said he, he he's like the way I deal with it is I don't think about it. Like that yeah, was the, that was his line. You you see him constantly taking pills. Oh yes, and it's uh, what I took that is he's always microdosing. Yeah. Yeah, you, you gotta but, do something. you know, may- maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But yeah, that's how he's dealing with the fact that the fucking world is gonna end. And his his cousin is basically like, oh, I I maintain, I keep art. Yeah, that's what I do. I curate art. And it's like, and he even points it out, like, what the f- like, in, like in, in a hundred years, years, nobody's gonna know. Like, there's gonna be no one around. Yeah. So what the fuck is the point of you gotta keep it for the al- you gotta keep it for the aliens. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, All right. Yep. Go ahead. Do you want to talk about the movie or you want to just keep streaming on consciousness as we are? We can keep streaming and we'll like come back to it and like get towards the end later. But um, I don't know. I thought, you know, it's funny because like um, I, I didn't I never wanted to sit down and watch this. Like I waited till the last minute to, mm-hmm. to watch this for the show because I was just like, it's a it's a not a hard movie to watch, but it's a hard movie to be like, I am in the I am in the mood to watch this dystopian kind of uh epic it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a real movie. movie it's a it's a real movie i would say it's yeah. like a prestige it's, movie and it, it's hard to kind of get put yourself in the mindset sometimes and it, because i had seen it before i was like i know that it's a bummer <laughs> you know? it's a bummer movie it's it's a bummer movie for for the first half it's very much a bummer yeah. movie yeah um and i know it's kept like secret right up until like an hour in and man i i really don't remember how they advertise this mm. I, mean, but, um, I, have, I don't remember either. I have no idea how they advertise it. I, I, pro- I probably hope, wasn't paying attention, to be honest, anyway. Yeah. I would hope that they wouldn't have revealed it in the trailers because it kind of loses its 
meaning when you if you go into it knowing what's happening uh so the only thing i remember from trailers and i could be getting this wrong because i've i recently watched a a youtube thing on it um yeah but i i remember the car chase scene being in it in a trailer Mm -hmm. but i don't i actually know if that's true because did you watch the thing i sent you the YouTube video yes, I that I sent you. Um, yes, I, I did. That about might how, actually be how they filmed it. How they filmed that. Yeah, the car chase scene, yeah. which I thought was really, really interesting. Um, very interesting. But uh, I, I, so I feel like they were selling it as like a post-apocalypse, like um, fighting, like infighting movie. I think that's how it was Oh, sold. like a Mad Max? Sort of. Or like a, like a gritty kind of like, but real, like a more down-to-earth Mad Max, I guess. Okay. The first Mad Max. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the first Mad Max I got. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good way to put it. I think that's um, how it was. I don't. I don't remember though. Yeah. So a lot of my notes are even like, man, the world has just gone to shit. Everything <laughs> is dirty. Everything is dark and gloomy. Like people just wander around like zombies. When um. I, and again, I, there's like people literally in cages speaking foreign languages. Like you know that they is and and uh, his his BFF the uh, weed dealer played mm-hmm. by um. Everyone's favorite, uh, Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. He, that's he, his dad. He, Isn't that Theo's dad? I did not catch that as his dad. I, I'm. Am I wrong on that? I'm like forty percent sure that's his dad. Okay, let's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you were about to say ninety, and then suddenly you started to doubt yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I, I'm gonna can look it up, but like, I don't think it's his. No, I just looked it up. It says it's no, his, it's just deal, his dealer, his and, dealer friend. and his friend. Yeah. I just assumed that it was his dad. And the whole time I was like, wow, he's he calls his dad by his first name. <laughs> and they were really <laughs> uh, Anyway, keep going. But yeah. Um, so he, he point he, he like that guy used to be a scientist, apparently. Yeah. And you see you see like there's so much exposition that's given out by just like showing news things. They just show his desk and they show like. Oh, you know, uh, here he is. He's a scientist working on something, and they show his face, and then you realize, like, oh, his his talents are no longer needed. It's kind of useless, so he just takes his talent and just makes weed with it. Yeah, he just grows weed. My one of my favorite lines of this uh, that was like felt like rung surprisingly true for some reason is when he was like, "Yeah, uh, they they hand out suicide kits in the rations, but uh, you still weed is still illegal." <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Which is like, think about that. Like the the government is handing out suicide kits. Yeah, that's how that's how dark and gloomy this movie is. Yeah. Literal suicide kids. Yeah. And they're just like talking about it like, yeah, apparently you just like slip away. It's supposed to be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it gets brought what up are, multiple times. One of my, well, they, it, cause it's a point in the, uh, yeah, it's it, a plot it, point. It's a point in there. Yeah. But one of my favorite things is when Theo goes to visit Michael Caine and he's like passed out on his desk with the box on the floor and he's just like, oh my God, he's dead. The and suicide then he kid the box. And he, yeah. And he wakes up, he's like, oh, what happened? <laughs> he was just taking a nap and Clive Owen thought he was fucking dead. I mean, to be, to be fair, he looked pretty dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, he's like, I, I kind of like his character. I honestly thought before the, the first time I watched it, I thought his character kind of like was whatever. Yeah. But like the more I watch it, I feel like the more that that character is kind of necessary. He's not, not only do I find him really necessary, but I actually thought he was like super moral. Like yeah. it was like he had like a very very strong like morality to him in this like dead and dying world that I I thought was really poignant. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, he even like he he had a wife who was an invalid, who and they never explained why. She, I thought it was it was implied gone. that she was tortured. 
I thought that was what it was. I thought it was implied that that she was tortured by the government for some reason, which is one of the reasons he's hiding out like he is. Um, That sounds like it's true. And I don't remember it this time, but it could 100% be true. I mean, I, maybe, I just, I maybe, don't know why. but maybe this is like the dad issue. <laughs> I, just, I just straight up made something up in my head and was like, nah, that seems right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's his dad. What are you talking about? <laughs> but um, no, yeah, he, he's he, like, he basically just takes care of her. Yeah. And then when it's time for him to like, oh, these people are coming. He knows I can't take my wife. Yeah. So he's just like, all right, fuck it. Um, I, this is where this is where I die. Yeah, this and is he, it. He, has to, he, he just gives her her is he gives her the suicide kit, which makes you realize like, oh, this is why he was always around. Yeah. Um, and that's why he always had the suicide kit around. It wasn't for him. It was because he knew at one point, eventually, at some point, yeah, eventually, he's got he's gonna have to use it for his wife. Right. Well, because he, well, he's also like doing a super illegal thing during a time when it seems like they'll probably just ex- execute you. Yeah, it uh, just makes more sense to just right. execute you than anything else. Right. It's not like they're going to hold trials and shit. So instead, like, he knows at some point he's going to have to, like, you know, put his wife down, essentially, because she's, mm-hmm. not, she's not capable of taking care of herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so he, and I guess he knew, like, well, I'm not going to let her be tortured again or whatever is going to fucking happen. I think, I so think that there the was moment- a, I think that there was a um, news clipping on his desk that said, like, woman tortured or something like that, or, like, activist tortured. And I thought it was a picture of her. Which is why okay. I think I think that it was that, she was tortured. I, like I said, for some reason in my head, I'm like, yeah, that 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 sounds that sounds like it is. That sounds like something I remember from the last time I watched this, but I just don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So I'm just gonna go ahead and pretend that it's true, okay. regardless of what anyone else. That says. sounds good. I, in my head, okay. he's all, Michael Caine is also Theo's dad, so it's just like that is <laughs> yeah, so that has just, not changed. <laughs> that's his father. Let's yep. just say that. That's it. That's exactly. the storyline. Um. But yeah, so it's such an interesting character. And again, like in in a world where it's like, who the fuck can you trust? He's the only person he goes who he knows he can trust, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Do you want to talk about the the fucking famous character scene? Uh, yeah, let's definitely talk about it. So this this also like it's funny because I um, Alfonso Caron like I know he's done a lot of like big action piece things that are in other movies, but I don't think of him like that. Um, so it, it's interesting to like see like a really, really well done action scene in this movie that I feel like doesn't really fit with, with their, with the tone. It, it fits mm-hmm. with the other stuff that happens in the movie, but it doesn't fit with the tone of the movie, which I think is interesting. Like it doesn't feel like an action movie, you know? It, yeah. So, um, he also did cra- Gravity and he did a mm-hmm. movie in 2018 called Roma. Mm-hmm. Which, I never saw, I, I never saw Roma? Roma, but I, I saw Gravity. I liked Gravity. Roma's- his, so Gravity is, is great. I, I love Gravity. It's also amazing how he made that. Yeah. But Roma is one of those movies where I, I'm going to be like, yeah, it wasn't that good. Yeah. But there's two scenes that will probably forever stay with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I will never forget those two scenes. Um, and, like, I'm sure if I watched it more and more and more, as, like, as much as I watched this one, I would probably learn to love it because there's probably just like those like there's two scenes that will stay with me forever mm-hmm. i'll probably it'll probably the next time i watch it i'll probably be like oh there are four scenes that will stay with me forever and then there's six scenes now and then the next thing i know it's like oh this is one of the greatest movies i've ever seen in my life <laughs> so right. it's it just something it's something about it where like I, I like i definitely i'm very happy that i watched it but i was also like yeah i didn't enjoy the movie but i'm <laughs> so happy that i fucking watched it because again there's a fucking scene. There is one scene in particular in this and that movie in Roma that I like literally am just like crying 
yeah. when, when I saw it. Like tears streaming down my <laughs> eyes, crying over this one scene. And I'm just like, oh, God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> you know? And like you can't get to those scenes without going for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So... That's funny um, I because I, that's funny because I, that's how I feel about a couple scenes in this movie, where I'm like, that's um, such a beautiful scene. It's so heartbreaking or like so emotional, and I the, and I didn't I didn't necessarily love it like the rest of the movie. Interesting. Okay. Or it's not that I didn't love it. it, it uh, we'll talk about. Okay, we'll talk about it at the end. Anyway, let's talk okay. about the car yeah. chase scene. So the car chase scene. All right. So number one, this is one take, and a, and like whenever we say one take, it's not actually one take. It's um, like they they have certain like cuts yeah they're they're hitting cuts in it but they're but not it, many. I, I, yeah i love the i love the way that they that he just goes like no we're gonna make the you the audience a character so that way you feel that you're in this car mm-hmm. with them so rather than showing like these big action scenes from outside so you can really see like what's going on and all the characters they're like no no we're gonna show it to you from the perspective of the main characters and it it makes it it makes these big action scenes more humanized because mm-hmm. then you're like oh I'm in that spot right so uh, I really enjoyed the fact that they didn't he didn't go to the big action scene of like showing hundreds of people chasing this car or whatever amount it right, was right, instead right. he stayed in the fucking car going back and forth. And uh, by the way, the first time I watched this, I just assumed it was just a cameraman going back and forth. <laughs> I didn't realize in my head, like, oh, it's like, oh, this is a kind of steady cam. Yeah. That's being hung from stuff. And then uh, like it wasn't until I saw that video that I really was like, oh, man, that's that's a lot of fucking work just to do this shit. How the fuck did they do that? Right. It, it's but, kind of it's kind of insane. And watching the stunt artists. So there's a there's a YouTube show called VFX Artists React um, that Andrew loves. He watches it all the time. And it's really, really mm-hmm. interesting. It's a great show. I highly recommend. But they talk about this movie in it um, because of this car chase scene, like how they actually like physically filmed it. And it, it's like it's really, really impressive. Like what how he managed to, to like like you said, like put you inside the car and make you like really feel what the characters are feeling. And it's so, it's like a scary scene. Like it's really nerve wracking. And like, you're just like, shit. Like I can't, I can't believe like when they shot Julianne Moore, I was like, holy shit. I was not expecting that. And I remember the movie, but like that it's jarring. Like you, it's such like a non-heroic death. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you expect, like she's such an integral character yeah, and she's such an important character and especially to the story that you would think that when she dies, something they, she's going to do something heroic. And it's literally just her going, oh, it's like looking at the guy going like, go faster, go faster, and then get shot, and that's it. Yeah. And it's like, wow, like her and her and fucking Theo were suddenly having a moment again. Like you, you almost felt like, oh, when they get through with this, I, I really hope that they get back together. Right. That they can get through the part of whatever their child dying. They can get over this. Yeah. Like... And instead, it's just like now she's just shot in the neck and dying in Theo's fucking arms. And it's and so it's so, you're right. It's not a hero's death at all. And it's so jarring and you just don't expect it. And it's kind of it's a great illustration of how like bleak and hard this world is now. Right. Like, yeah, that nothing is sacred. Nothing is safe. Things can change at any moment. There's no like. And like these characters, yeah. like, guess what? They don't matter. Doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? And uh, but then later on, it's, you know, it's revealed why she's killed. Yeah. Um, and that is because the Luke is like he so so she was the leader of I'm gonna call it a terrorist group, even though they, they say they didn't they st- they don't bomb anymore. 
I mean, technically they're a terrorist group because they've been deemed a terrorist group by the government. So I well, guess they're a terrorist that. group because, as one of them said, we stopped bombing after here. And I'm like, you stopped bombing? Okay. <laughs> well, it's like the Irish, right. like, what, what is it? The uh, IRA in Ireland or whatever it's called? The <laughs> Yeah, they bombed yeah. a bunch of shit, but it's for independence. So what are you going to do? <laughs> I know, but that's, that's, like, that's like the KKK being like, look, we stopped killing black people and hanging them on uh, yeah. you know, on crosses. We so stopped bombing we're, we're little not, girls in churches, so we're not terrorists yeah, anymore. Yeah, we, we stopped throwing bombs into fucking churches to kill black girls. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're we're no longer bad people. And it's like, no, you can't, you, you have to just burn it all to the ground. You can't do that. So <laughs> it's kind of like that, okay? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got you, I got you. But, um, so I'm, I, all right, let's call them, let's call them a terrorist group. Just, just for the, the argument's sake. Okay? Mm-hmm. okay. Even though you don't want to, Dragon. No, they, I <laughs> you, mean, they, you, they, again, they're are, labeled that. You are arguing against me for that. <laughs> yes. Everything I've just said has no. been arguing against you. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, so like, so what it is that she runs that, that group. Mm-hmm. She's the and, leader um, of the like terrorist cell or whatever. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Luke, which is, her, I guess, her second in command, mm-hmm. uh, wants to take over. And I'm assuming it's because he's like, no, we should be fucking like she She seems to be more of like, no, now we're going to be more. Pa- now we're going to be more uh, diplomatic, diplomatic. And yeah. Luke is just like, nah, we ain't doing that shit. We have to like the only way this is going to end is in a fucking revolution. Right. Which like I played by uh, I'm going to pronounce this so wrong. <laughs> Go ahead. Chiwetel Ejiofor? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, he's I'm, a fucking famous actor. I love uh, yes. him. I love him too. He's, he's a, a great actor. Great actor. He is, he, and he's great in this movie. And, and it's, I'm, I'm sorry I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> I, am a, I am a terrible human being because I cannot pronounce his name, okay? Well, it's so funny because uh. I, I was like, when I was watching it, I was like, man, this seems so true to life where you would have this, basically you have a group of ideologues, right? You have people who so strongly believe in their purpose that it is not surprising to me that they would kill anyone and everyone if they think it's for the greater good and he thinks that his way is the greater good like it's the best way to do it so he's going to kill her even though like you know he might like her even because he thinks that's the best course of action and like his his ideology says it is more important to do a bad thing now for the greater good than it is to not do not do the bad thing at all i think it's because she thought we can be more diplomatic yeah and he thought they're never going to and he might be right on this they're never going to recognize us Right. If we're being diplomatic, the only way for us to get what we want and what they want is for, for the to save the immigrants. Right. Which, you know, you would say like, yeah, that sounds like a good thing. Maybe stop putting them in cages. Don't don't <laughs> treat them like like don't call them Fujis. Yeah. Don't treat them <laughs> like, like subhumans. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Like and he's saying the only way to save them is if we start the fucking revolution right yeah. now. Which he's probably, so, I, I think you're right. I think he is probably correct. I think that like the thing that they say that is going to happen is the government's going to get a hold of this baby. They're going to give it to a, um, not a refugee. Like they're going to give this baby to like some, like the, they said some, some white British some lady, posh, which I thought was a funny. A posh, a posh. No, it's just, they, they said a posh British lady. Oh, and I just, not I just white. read that as white. My bad. And yeah. um, so they're going to give it to a posh British lady to, and then they're going to say she's the one that had it. But I, to me, I was like, I actually don't think that's true. Uh, like they might do that, but they're going to keep the mother alive because she's the only one that can have a baby. <laughs> like they're 100%. not gonna like kill her. <laughs> like whatever, whatever. But let's just say this: whatever it is the government's gonna do to the mother is not gonna be good. <laughs> no, 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 no. And she's, they might... she's gonna be hooked up to and forced to have babies for the rest of her life. Like that's honest. And and, and uh, they haven't given us an. They haven't. 
showed us what the government does if for us to be to make that judgment as mm-hmm. to whether the, gov- the government is willing to do that or not. But it, it definitely is like, well, I don't think it's going to end well for anyone. No, no. If it, the government gets a hold of her, I don't think this is going to be a good thing. No. And but it because it definitely kind of shows that that like in this in this world, the government is definitely the enemy. Yeah, they're the big bads for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, do you want to talk about like as we get to the end and we get to the refugee camp, like what wh- what that was like and, and, well, and how before we, we get there, yeah, I, I love that they get to a they get to a what's it called a school at mm-hmm. one point and you see the school just abandoned yeah and broken down and like you kind of remember like it was one thing my 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 chick pointed out while we were watching this was that she she said that um. Oh, uh, man, that there must, it must, the schools must just be abandoned. Yeah. And then later on, they just show an abandoned school. Yeah. And then you get that moment from the, from the midwife who's saying that like, like it, it just like, I was there when it, when suddenly I started realizing like, what the hell's going on? And yeah. then started calling my friends and they're all saying like, we, it's the same thing happening for us. And I don't think they ever really, they, the one thing I really liked is they never said what it was. What was the reason why women were infertile? They didn't know. The, I think it was pretty yeah. clear that it was just like an event that happened. Uh, suddenly, all the women were infertile. Any of the ones that were pregnant were having miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and that was it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. And, they, and th- there was and, no explanation. There were like, it's a punishment from God. It's a toxic thing. It's a thing from space. Like they had a bunch of like, at one point there were a bunch of theories that were just like said out loud. And I forget like how that exposition was there, but it was very, very yeah. clear that it, nobody knows. It just happened. Yeah, it, it was, um, it was, what's it called? The weed dealer. He, he gave, he said, some people thought it was this. Some people oh, thought yeah. it was that. Mm-hmm. And it, like, but that was pretty much it. Um, Oh, one thing I just want to point out is that the scene where, uh, what's her name, um, Claire Hope Ash- Ashley, yeah. Key, Key, yeah. she when Key shows Clive Owen that she's pregnant, the look on his face, fucking, it's so. <laughs> I was, I literally just wrote down that Clive Owen is a fucking amazing actor. Yeah, because he somehow goes from like bleak and the like, just as just zombieing his way through life mm-hmm. to suddenly seeing the pregnant woman. And like you see in his face, like hope just comes back into his life. Yeah. Like he he sees it and suddenly like the world. Oh, my God. The world has changed from what I thought it was five minutes ago. Yeah. And like he's able to portray that just by this amazed look on his face. And like just he's not even even sure how to respond to it. He just keeps saying like she's pregnant. She's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, he does. I, I, I also thought that. I actually thought every time. So, it, like, yes, when he finds out, it's like the reveal is great, right? It's it's perfect. Like, who knows what Alfonso Cuaron told him to do in that mm-hmm. scene? But, like, it, it, just amazing directing and amazing acting. And I've also felt that way at the end when people were suddenly seeing the oh, baby for the first time. We, we will get to that final scene. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I, there's no way we can finish this podcast without talking about that last fucking scene no okay don't when we get there yeah okay okay when we get there when we get there but anyway the point being i think he did i think he did a phenomenal job of showing through that kind of emotional like viewing just how wrecked everybody has been because they haven't had this thing they've had so uh one thing i i I always point out is like whenever you have a a a, what's it called a uh, post-apocalypse movie yeah someone has to be pregnant (laughs) because if, if pre- basically in the in the language of cinema, a baby represents hope. Yeah. And if you are in a hopeless world, someone has to be pregnant to represent that like hope will go on, hope will continue. Right. Even after these people die, 
hope like uh, humanity will go on right and, and like basically this movie just starts off with like there is no hope right humanity is dead like this is this is it it this is this is it yeah there's no coming back from this and then suddenly like just one moment happens and suddenly like hope it has returned right so yeah they they do they'll show it later on but like every time someone sees the baby you see like they're they change immediately Mm -hmm. so and he that was him he suddenly goes from this guy who's kind of like yeah whatever i don't care about life or anything i'm just here to help out and for money to suddenly like oh i like i don't care what happens this like i have to help this baby right because this baby represents like uh, uh, mankind's re- coming back. Right. Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So you were saying you wanted to talk about them heading to the fucking refugee camp. Oh ju- yeah, just I mean, I I thought like the the way that he showed refugee camps, like everything in this movie feels very real. Like, yeah. The the only the only thing that doesn't feel real is the premise. But even that, I'm like, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> like, like it, I think he did a great job of being like, this is actually probably what it's like in a refugee camp. Um, and I bet you it is. It seems oh, very, yeah. very real to life. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Like it was it's one of those things where I watch it and I'm like, dude, you are like, I, I don't know what was going through your head, where you got these ideas. I think from. he just I think it really, truly feels like he just went to a refugee camp. And just yeah, because it's just like the the way that people treat them, the way that they're uh, that they what's it called that they uh, have to survive that they, that they and treat, have to live that they treat the refugees. Number one is the, how the how the uh, soldiers treat the refugees, mm-hmm. and then how the refugees treat each other, and then the bleakness. Like so, they they basically get on a bus to go to the refugee camp. Uh, Sid, who I've just wrote down, Sid is a character. Yeah, yeah, Sid is not a real person. Number one, Sid Sid refers to himself as. In third person. Yeah. So I love the fact that he's like, Sid doesn't know why you're going to the refugee camp. Sid doesn't care to ask. Yeah, Sid doesn't want to know why you're going to the refugee camp. He, you know what it, you know what it kind of felt like? Because at first I didn't like him and I didn't like that the character was like that. And then after a while I was like, you know what? I feel like if you're, if you're the kind of person that's doing this job, right? Because he's basically a Nazi running a concentration camp for all intents yeah. and purposes. Yes. It, you kind of have to distance yourself. And maybe how he distances himself is that he refers to himself in the third person. Like somebody else is fucking I, doing the horrible things that he's doing. I, I wrote that. I wrote that same thing in my notes. Yeah. That that's why he's talking about himself in the third person because at the same time he's also smuggling weed into the camps right so he kind of like you can tell that he doesn't whatever like this is just my job i don't i don't care sid yeah this sid this is sid's job <laughs> right. Sid doesn't care does, so doesn't ask questions does, sid, does, <laughs> sid just does what he's told right but at the same time sid's got to make a little extra money by smuggling weed yeah um but yeah so you can tell that he's he's kind of like i, I don't want to say he's a good person because he's no. definitely not. He's not a good person, but he's also like he's not the kind of evil that you expect necessarily from this he's, kind of thing. He's not the foaming at the mouth evil. I think he's right? probably more like what a person who works like in this kind of field is like. Like, yeah, what, like this is how I imagine very... the worst border patrol agents are. <laughs> you know, like, no, I, this is what I imagine is just a regular border patrol agent. <laughs> he's just like this is my job. I, whatever's happening, I don't care. And then like. Hey, there's a chance for me to make some extra money by smuggling in weed, or by you know, by oh, there's or someone a person, in there who's, <laughs> a, so a person. Oh, someone's high valuable. Maybe I could get some of that money because someone's yeah. gonna catch them. Yeah, why, exactly. why shouldn't it, why shouldn't I make a profit from it? Yeah. So he's kind of like that. Um, so they get on that bus, and then immediately I was like, wow, like you really feel the tension when you're sitting on that bus. 
Yeah. Of like, this is not good. No. It, They're not going to a good place. And not only is it not good, but you're like, this plan could very easily fail. And it, <sighs> the whole mirror thing, the whole mirror thing where fucking Clive Owen realizes like, wait, because so basically they're like we have to make it to the ship the i forget what the name of the ship was um the, the tomorrow. tomorrow the tomorrow yeah yeah so which is uh it's done by the human project which is this group of scientists who are off the grid working trying to figure out how to save humanity mm-hmm. and so the whole goal of key is she wants to make it to those scientists they right. the, in her mind they are the ones who can save us right which probably and, is true <laughs> yeah like, they have to go rogue because they can't trust the government to fucking help them because it's like, well, they, they're going to use this for something. Yeah. Um, and Key is like, I have to go to the boat, and the boat is going to do what's best for me and my child. Mm-hmm. And then Luke is basically like, well, we have to start the revolution, and the, we, are, we are a terrorist group. And the only way to do this is if we unite all the terrorist groups. And the way we, we, we unite them is I hold up a baby and say, see this? I have a baby. Everyone come to me. Yeah. And so he's like, if I do that, all the terrorist groups will come together and then I can take over and I can be and I can run things the way it's meant to be run. The good way. <laughs> yeah, the good right? way. It's yes. always the, the Lord of the Rings thing where so so uh, the Lord of the Rings, if you wear the ring, basically what it's telling you is like, hey, man, you should build an army and then go to Mordor and kill the fucking the, the sorcerer there. And then you can run things the way it should be. Run. <laughs> right. Whereas it's all a trick because you get there and then uh, fucking Sauron is like, oh, thank you. Thank you for bringing me an army. Thanks. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, so it, it's basically that. He, he's like, I can run things and then I'll do it the right way because I'm a good person. Right. I, I feel like that's what all, all dictators are basically like. No, no, no. I, I know, I know, I know this has never, ever worked in the history I would of humanity. Say, I will say 90% of human beings all think that. Yeah, Do you, I have some crazy political beliefs, Dragon, and I know the second that someone goes like, "Well, Berto, maybe you should be in charge," I will be like, "No, I." That is a terrible, person. absolutely terrible That's idea. Horrible idea. Well, it's <laughs> like it's like the thing where everybody thinks that they would be the revolutionary, and nobody thinks that they would be the good Nazi, but everybody would be the good Nazi. Like there's, oh, yeah, there are no. so few people yeah. that would Everyone, smuggle that would smuggle people into their homes. I, like I, I remember, yeah, I remember when I went to the Holocaust Museum, and yeah. um, they they had a, a something called the good the good German and the bad German. Yeah, and they were like, "This is a good German who he this person hid Jews in his house, and this is a bad German." who ratted out all his all his friends right and it's like who would you be and i was like well i think we all would stand here and be like we, we're all the good german but that's not that's not the case <laughs> that's not no in fact i think the majority of us would be the ones who are just like well I'll just look the other way i'm not i don't care yeah and that, that's kind of how it is right oh for sure for sure all right back back, like, back to the movie we're, okay we're, okay okay no no i'm sorry what were you saying no, I, 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 I was just agreeing with you. I was just agreeing with you. Okay, let's, oh, okay. let's, I think we should get toward the end of this, of this movie. Okay, okay. Uh, before we get to the end, um, on their way to the camp, fucking Miriam sacrifices herself, which I thought was an amazing thing. She sure does. I thought that yeah. was so important because she knew if this fucking soldier sees this woman going through labor, yeah. it's over. Yeah. And she immediately jumps up and starts like, like, no, I will fucking create a scene mm-hmm. so that to avoid this. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, that's what she does. And she is, uh, it's implied that she's going to be shot and killed. Yeah, for sure. They, and, they put a bag over her head and then show dead bodies afterwards. And it's like, oh, she's dead. Yeah, she's definitely dead. Although part of me hoped that she would come back. Because well, cause at that point, I couldn't remember what had happened. 
later in the movie mm-hmm. and i was like man i wouldn't trust theo to be the midwife <laughs> no no god no because if anything had gone wrong with that birth that would have been it <laughs> theo wouldn't have been oh, yeah. able to help let me let me just say i'm very glad that theo washed his hands before delivering that baby in stagnant and then, water <laughs> and then was smart enough to be like oh i have whiskey or whatever alcohol he has yeah. he washes his hands with the whiskey and i was yeah. like oh he, at least he's not, at least he, in his, the back of his mind, he's like, this is the only baby around. Let me not kill it by having dirtiness around God, me. Can you imagine that the baby just dies from like some in, stupid okay. infection, skin infection? Yeah. So, uh, all right. So the next morning, Sid and the, the gypsy see the baby, right? The mm-hmm. gypsy like basically was the one who was supposed to give them accommodations for the night. Right. Sid, Sid and the gypsy see the baby and you see both of them immediately change. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the running theme is the moment that they realize um, a baby is around, everyone changes, I think, to the person who they truly are. Exactly. You see, Clive Owen becomes the hero. Mm-hmm. Fucking uh, Sid is like, oh, this is, I can get money from this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the gypsy goes from like, yeah, whatever, you're just another person, to suddenly like, I will sacrifice everything for you. And that, and like you kind of get that because she, she like that that motherly instinct kicks yeah. in in the the gypsy to be like I will get you a better place to stay. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna fucking get you food, everything you need. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, basically it just shows how important that she is. Right. Exactly. Uh, all right. So let's get into the final scene. Okay. As a fucking war is going on. A literal war. So basically, the the um, terrorist group has infiltrated the the refugee camp because they know that that the baby is there um and that i all i kept thinking was there is no way that they don't that they're like being safe enough doing this because as far as they know they're like shooting randomly they're shooting into buildings they're like doing all this stuff where i'm just like they're putting this baby at such a high risk by the way that they did this it is Mm -hmm. insane like it's such an insane risk i think that's that's meant to show you that they don't care about the baby all they care about is the revolution. Like they care, yeah, they yeah. care about the baby, but they don't care about the baby. And even uh, what's his name? Luke says it at one point. He says, like, look, look around you. The revolution has started. Right. And they haven't even seen the baby yet. Yeah. And it's like in his mind, he's like, I'm about to go and take control of this fucking army. Mm-hmm. It was just so it's like you definitely see that's the person who he is. He's a fucking dictator. He, is, he will yeah. be. 100% a horrible dictator. He will be a warlord. Absolutely yeah. true. Absolutely. And he's going to justify it to himself but yeah, by, with, by whatever him. means necessary. But like, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So we get this incredible scene where the gypsy and her family go to try to, they're trying to get the baby on a boat mm-hmm. to which Luke and his group, the fishes as they're called, mm-hmm. they yeah. find them. Yep. And um, they immediately take the baby and then by sheer luck, fucking uh, the, the gypsy woman and uh, Clive Owen live. Mm-hmm. And then he basically has to run into a building in the middle of a war. All this is one shot. A literal, yeah, in a, a literal war, like w- grenades and bullets and tanks, uh, tanks, tanks and yeah. machine guns going off. And he's like running from spot to spot. Uh, again, he, it shows like this is the person who he is. He will run into he will run into danger. Because he knows he has to save that fish. Right. Yeah, sorry, sorry, the save the baby. Yeah. And he runs into the building. And then as the fucking war is going on. And then he hears the baby crying. And then he runs over to where the baby is crying. And then finds the baby and the mother. Yeah. And then as he's picking her out. He sees Luke. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Luke basically. I, I, man. It, there's so many lines in this that I think are amazing. But Luke basically is like. Yeah I was running with the baby. And then 
I saw him and I just started crying. Yeah. And he's just like, I, f- I forgot how beautiful they are. Yep. And he's saying all this as he's shooting a gun. Yeah. And as and, shooting- and and as bullets are like narrowly missing his head at any given yeah. moment. Where you like, you kind of realize like he's definitely going to die. But he's still at the at that moment like trying to maintain control. And yeah. like trying to keep that baby there. Even though it's like imminently dangerous. Like and he must know that. But it's and, not, yeah. it feels very much like a thing where he's like, I see it and I also refuse to give it up. Yes. And I know what I'm doing is is not just wrong, but it's going to end in my design, demise. But yeah. I, this is what I have to do. But this is me, like as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then, so so basically Luke gets blown up and he actually shoots uh, Clive Owen. Yeah, he shoots the And Yeah. So uh, then comes to me what I think is the best, one of the best scenes in I fucking movie history. I almost broke down in tears in this scene. Okay. It is ridiculously beautiful <laughs> i will say this i yeah. you almost broke down in tears i was sitting here desperately <laughs> desperately praying my girlfriend would not look over at me because she would just see me just weeping tears, <laughs> weeping down my eyes in this scene and it happens every single time i see this. which is scene. insane wait here the thing about the scene too is that like so throughout the movie i generally wasn't having a great time watching this movie Mm-hmm. it's not like a fun movie to watch and I wasn't no. in the headspace for it so I just like it was like homework watching it right where I'm like this movie is amazing I know it's amazing but I'm just not enjoying this and then that scene happened and I was like life is so beautiful <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's because this is when the baby is revealed to people to, gener- to generally you, people yeah and what you see is these people literally just like like they hear a baby and they hear, by the way, there's gunshots going off as this is happening yeah. and people are still dying and you still see people falling and dying. Mm-hmm. And yet you see people still looking over being like, I have to see the baby. Yeah. There's a baby crying and I have to see it. And people are crying. There's a woman who was shot in the leg yeah. on the floor. Just like bleeding crying. to death. Yeah. Just bleeding like to death. so happy and, to see the baby and she gets to like touch she, the baby's foot. And that's like, she's, she's crying and saying the baby, Oh, a baby, like yeah. crying, basically essentially saying the moral of the story, which is like life will go on. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and then as they start walking down the stairs, you see all these fucking people just coming over to see it. And then you see the fucking, the army, the fishes run up the stairs. He sees the baby and like you ha- he has this look on his face like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And then it's like, I have to keep going. And then they all run up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when the army shows up and he sees the fucking baby, he just immediately screams out at them like, stop fucking shooting. Yeah, like ceasefire, ceasefire. Yeah. Which is and- like, th- so this is this, you know what it reminded me of? You know, um, in uh, hardcore history, when they talk about the Christmas Day um, ceasefire yes. during World War One, is it? Yeah. Um that like I find that so beautiful. It's just like the whole the whole the armies that are literally trying to kill each other all stop for this one thing. And like it it felt very like a very very human moment for everybody. Now, here's a fun fact, Dragon. Dragon. Yeah. That actually happened at multiple places. Yeah. Well, whatever. You know, the point it the wasn't, point being, It wasn't one No, but I mean it's amazing that it wasn't yeah. just one place that did it. Multiple places had uh Christmas Day ceasefires. Right. So it's it is that thing of like we are we are here for a job, but in the end we are human. Right, and and, no, yeah. and nobody nobody wants to be doing this. Like there's there's no one no one during World War One was like you know what I want to do kill a bunch of people 
who well, I have no qualms <laughs> with like, generally. I, I don't want to get into World War One, but the before they got to the war zone, they, that's what they thought. And then when they showed up, they were like, oh, this is not what I want. Yeah. <laughs> but as you're going there, as you're signing up, you're like, yeah, we should be defending the honor of the flag and for sure. country and for a countryman. And then you get there and you see the fucking, uh, the, the, what's it called? The, the war, the war that's happening. And you're just like, oh, um, I don't, I don't like this anymore. Well, that's, a, that's the thing about like, that's the thing about this movie, right? It like the reality of war, like what it actually looks like in these settings is so horrifying that like, it, it is not surprising that people would, the second that they get that hope, you know, that they see that thing that they like, the, the whole yeah. world it needs, they, he, they just stop. He literally, they literally walk out of the fucking building. Mm-hmm. with an army surrounding them and the army just stops what they're doing yeah. and stares at the baby and you see people like praying crying fucking falling down if you wrote this down in a book mm-hmm. i think i would say this is the dumbest fucking thing <laughs> this is so stupid it's so like there is this is a narrow line to reach where it's like oh uh, two people walk out of a building <laughs> yeah. for a baby they haven't they haven't seen babies in 20 years they walk out of a building the army stops shooting and they all mm-hmm. start praying and they're all amazed and they just let it happen. And then I would be like, are you fucking stupid? That's a dumb scene. You know, this, is, you know this movie book. is based on a book, right? Uh, yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I, if, if I read this scene somewhere else, yeah. I would say it's stupid. But the, the execution of it is fucking amazing. It is amazing. And again, I brought to tears. I can't even watch this scene by itself. Like, yeah. I, I, you would think the movie leads up to it. I can't watch the scene by itself without just being brought to tears. Yeah, I would actually argue that the movie doesn't really lead up to it. I mean, it does. It does It does in many respects, right? But, like, this scene, I, even out of context, you can tell it's, like, this, like, very emotional moving scene, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyway, so, a fucking amazing scene. By the way, my chick said that the first time she saw this movie, this is the first scene she saw. <laughs> what? <laughs> And she was like, oh, my God, that's so beautiful and great. And then she, she read about the movie later. And, see, and it wasn't until yeah. now that she saw the whole movie. That she saw it in context. That's very yeah. funny. That is very, very funny. See, it works on its own. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's fucking uh, just, uh, again, I, I truly, truly think it's one of the greatest films. It's one of the greatest scenes that's ever been I, I agree with you. I think it's okay. amazing. Yep. Um, all right. Yep. So they get out of there. And then book, fucking it turns out that they get on the boat. They <laughs> fucking the government bombs the fucking city and yep. so everyone dies even even the gypsy yeah the gypsy and he was saying come with us come with us and she was just like and you can see her just being like no no yeah that's like you are meant to go do whatever it is with this baby my my job was just to make sure you got out of here mm-hmm. and she just like sends him off and they're done mm-hmm. and then uh basically fucking uh, the entire city blows up clive owen dies on the boat Mm-hmm. and she is there by uh, what's her name key is there by herself with the baby and that's when the tomorrow shows up yeah and it's like oh my god it's such Amazing. an it is such an uplifting ending in such a it bleak is. movie which is like i i kind of love that like because it he he could have left it um and, and just cut it right before the tomorrow shows up and I it could have been I ambiguous it, yeah I think it would have been one of those moments. It would have been the spinning top moment from Inception where people would have been fucking pissed off. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I really, I actually like, re- was really thankful for that, for like a movie that ended uh, with hope instead of like mm-hmm. really, really bleakly. Yeah, and it's like, that's all you had to do. You didn't have to, like, no fucking, nothing else. All Basically what you're told at the end of the movie is humanity survives. Mm-hmm. 
because that's what's important. Because that that's what's told at that last scene. Anything, yeah. anything added to that would have just made it silly and stupid. Yeah, I agree. Like just some some fucking some text on the screen that goes, and then humanity was saved. Yeah, and that would have been fucking. Terrible. It would have ruined it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, that, uh, the only thing every time, and I think this every single time I see the scene where they where walking out with the baby and the mm-hmm. armies there, mm-hmm. I, I feel like every single time I'm like, why does none of the soldiers be like, I don't care what's going on over here. I'm Whatever this baby is going to do, I'm going to make sure it does it. Isn't that insane? Well, you, you know, I think it's one but, of those things where like, because the way that's broken, right? The way that the baby spell is broken is somebody else fires and all the soldiers kind of do the thing where they're like, oh shit, that's right. I'm supposed to be killing these people. Yeah, that, and, that's what I, I think it would have been stupid too. I think it really, really would have been cut. I, that, the, the moment that would have happened, I would have been like, well, that just ruined this beautiful scene. Yeah. Also, so, the soldiers would never, I don't think that, I, I think like maybe one or two soldiers would try and help them do whatever they're meant to do. I think the I think in reality what would happen is those soldiers would be like, no, no, no you're staying with us. Yeah. Um, and we're going to take you to like wherever so the soldier place, wherever yeah, they, you know, exactly. yeah, and she would be a ward of the, place. she would be a ward of the government immediately. Like the, it, it, them letting her pass is probably like the most humane thing they all could it's, have collectively it's also, done. Yeah, yeah girl, that's a good point. But yeah, I, I don't know why, but in my head I would just be like, um, Oh, we still have to fight the war. And I'd be like, no, I, I'm going to, no, no, there's yeah. a baby here. Yeah, did you not see the baby? We're done. We're not, we're, none of us are doing this shit anymore. No, I'm, it's not, not just that I'm going home, but the, the next bullet that I fire is going to go towards whoever tries to hurt the baby. <laughs> exactly. Like this, whatever it is we're doing, this is the most important thing in the world right now. Well, what was crazy to me is like, so when they blew up the city, right? They blew up the refugee yeah. camp. I was like, nobody radioed to say that there was a baby there (laughs) really (laughs) that's a a fucking good point i didn't even think of that seems like it would have been a really smart thing to do because all those soldiers you know got killed in that bombing like that was not like (laughs) uh but anyway or maybe the government was like actually it makes more sense for us to just kill this baby and we'll try again because now we know it's possible i guess i don't know i don't know but anyway point being that is that's it what is there anything else you want to talk about with it uh no no, okay. I think that's about it. Yeah. So my, my final thing is this. This movie is an amazing movie. It's beautiful. It's it's really, really well done. I didn't love watching it, but I think that's more headspace uh, and like what I felt like doing at the time. You know, it just like mm-hmm. it, I was like not in the mood for a bummer movie. And it's like it's both uplifting at the end, but also like a bleak kind of look at humanity, which. Oh, yeah. It's very, <laughs> which is hard very to bleak. hard to do. <laughs> necessarily so uh anyway that that that's my thing it's definitely a smashly definitely a smashly okay yeah. what do you what do you think what are your what's on uh, your scale of so one to ten this this is one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of all time so i i always think that like i i truly think mad max was the best movie of the of the 10 of the teens yeah or whatever you call it the tens yeah from 2010 to 2020 i think this is the best movie of the aughts Okay. Yeah. And I, I just, I love this fucking movie so, so much. I think it's, it again, it's one of the best fucking movies of the odds, I, hands down. And again, that scene, it, to make me cry at a fucking baby walking away. I know, I, someone, a woman carrying a baby, um, make me cry is amazing. And it's all the lead up to that. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I think it's just, it's, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I agree with you. I think it's, it's an amazing movie. Um, do you want to hear something fun? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the, uh, this movie was only nominated for three Oscars. That's insane. It's insane best, that it, it didn't win all of the Oscars. Best adapted screenplay, mm-hmm. best, cinemato- best cinematography, and best editing. It didn't um, get director? It not only didn't get, it won nothing. 
That is in fucking the, the fact that this did not get best director is insane. Absolutely no, no, insane. Martin Scorsese got it for the departed. <laughs> sure. I don't even remember. The departed, the, I don't even know if I saw the departed, to be honest. <laughs> the departed won best picture. I, I will say this. The departed is a good movie. It's not a great movie. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's fucking fucking insane that like nothing else. Nothing. It got nothing. That's wild. How the fuck do you get nothing? <laughs> How the fuck do you get I, I'm gonna. I'm, see, this is the problem. I'm gonna start yelling, right now. Yeah, and I don't want to okay. yell. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be calm. Okay, you're gonna calm. be calm. <laughs> uh, so Take anyway, breaths, you, point okay? being, you give this a what out of what? A ten out of ten. Okay, this, there this you is go. a fucking ten out of ten. I'm sorry. I just. I want to start yelling. Uh, well, we all. Everybody yeah. knows the Oscars are fake anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a good point. And didn't he win oh, for Roma? God. Didn't Alfonso Cuarón mm, win for Roma? I'm don't know. Fucking idea. <laughs> Anyway, it was at least yeah. nominated. Uh, Roma? Yeah. Or this one? Roma. Yeah. Roma was nominated. Okay. Well, this, again. Gravity this, may have been was... nominated as well, actually. I, I'm not I, looking it up, but I think it might have been. I, I just want to remind you, this wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> Honestly, right. insane. I mean, I guess they had to fucking make, make, uh, make room for the queen. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And fucking Letters from Iwo Jima, which is actually a good movie. I can't is even it? shit on that. I've never seen yeah, it. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> I, I want to shit on it, but I can't. Um, okay. I, th- I right, think that's all we can say about this, right? Should <sighs> we talk about next week? Yeah. Oh, by the way, Gravity won a shit ton of Oscars and Roman did too. Yeah, that checks out. So, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go, okay. Okay. Yeah, so let's talk about what we're doing next week. Okay. So, so speaking, speaking of uh, it's the end of the world yeah. and uh, really, yeah, really so we're, you're bleak gonna give movies. Us a, you're going to give us a really nice, happy movie, right? Because well, so, we had such a sad time this week. So you know what I actually wanted this week I, is I wanted sci-fi. And because I was like, I was, you know, after my Dune thing where I was like, man, Dune is just not the kind of sci-fi I like. I wanted like a, a different kind of sci-fi that I wanted to showcase one that I really enjoy. Um, that is the type of sci-fi that I like. But this is not it. <laughs> this just, yeah. this is one of those movies that came up when I was looking at other movies like Annihilation to like see like, th- like that form of sci-fi. And uh, Melancholia came up and I was just like, you know what? I have not seen this movie in a long time. I've been really, really meaning to rewatch it. I remember feeling like devastated by this movie and I really want to go back to it. So that's so, what we're watching. <laughs> we're I watching Lars this. von Trier's 2011 Melancholia. <laughs> wow. Okay, I've never streaming seen this Streaming on movie. Hulu. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm sorry. So it's streaming on Hulu. Who is yep. it starring? Oh, it is starring Kirsten Dunst, Kiefer Sutherland, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Charlotte Rampling, John Hurt, Alexander Skarsgård, and like a few other people. Okay. And it uh, came out in 2011. It's 2011. two hours and 15 minutes. It is, yes. And you said it was streaming on Hulu, right? Yeah, yeah. It's on Hulu. Okay. Um, now, I will say this. I Now... Uh, I'm in keeping for our No Nut November, yes. <laughs> is this movie against nuts? Are, are, are there any characters who might be eating nuts or something? Yeah, it's vehemently maybe, anti-nut, I'm sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe there's a character who says, you know what? Fuck George Washington Carver and his peanut butter. <laughs> yes. That, right. sounds accurate. Type- that sounds accurate. That's why I chose it. <laughs> this is, these are the types of movies that we are doing for No Nut November. Yeah. Well, honestly, I w- once this came up, I was like, man, doing a Lars von Trier movie actually is a great idea. But I didn't, I didn't want to do Nymphomaniac and I didn't want to do Antichrist, <laughs> <laughs> which I like. I think the more interesting ones. So here we are doing Melancholia. Oh, man. And- Antichrist is, uh, if you think fucking Children of Men is homework, Antichrist is homework. Yeah, I, re- I actually rewatched it recently and it's, 
it's what you remember. <laughs> yeah. It's good. I Don't get me wrong. It's a good movie. Oh, his, but, his, his, movies, his movies are amazing. It's just they're all fucking work. They're they work. feel like work. I would actually I would argue that Nymphomaniac is like such a weird, difficult, like just it's it's just like it's one of those movies that you watch and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are we doing this? But I do love the the actress that he uses in Nymphomaniac and in um, Antichrist. I really like her a lot and I can't remember mm-hmm. her name. And I'm pretty sure she's in this as well. Uh, okay. Maybe one of the Charlottes. I have to look it back. I have to look up again. Um, but anyway, that's that's what we're doing. We're gonna watch Melancholia. So strap in, friends. <laughs> All right, very exciting. All right, yeah. Dragon. Why don't you go ahead and send us off? Uh, okay, bye. Oh, okay, okay, bye.